When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, a typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. This is Ken Vellante with the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast. In this episode, we're speaking with Elizabeth Beston. Um, and I want to uh, atypically uh, read her artist statement because I really believe it gave a great introduction um, to, to, to what she does. And she writes, we often associate the microscopic world as looking inwards and downwards as opposed to space, which is felt as, a, of, as an outward pursuit. Through my photographic work, I want to challenge this paradigm, using the microscope as a platform for connecting us to something bigger than us. After all, in H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds, it wasn't the power of humans that won Earth its victory, it was microbes, unseen by us on our plane of vision. But they are nonetheless mightier than any army. Through my microscope, I am invited into new galaxies, and whilst I use my instrument for scientific exploration, I also find abstract and aesthetic beauty, mysterious landscapes, intriguing textures, and depths of color. It is these fascinating discoveries I want to share with the world and show the beauty under a microscope, under a microscope through visceral eyes. Elizabeth Beston, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Ken. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great pleasure. Um, starting off right from the, from the get-go, were you an artist when you were born? That's a good question. Um, I think I think yes and also no at the same time. I think um, I think all humans are artists, perhaps with a little a, and also scientists with a little s um, when when we're born. Because you know, as as children, as adults, we explore, we're curious, we create, we make, we write, we draw, we perform. Um, so yeah, we are we are as beings, as animals, artists um, and scientists, and, and obviously many other things as well. Um, but artist with a capital A, I wasn't. No, I think that's something that a person has to choose uh, to call themselves. Um, I think there are many many people out there who who create art who don't call themselves artists which is interesting. Um, I don't feel comfortable calling myself a scientist, yet I am doing a biology degree. I feel like I have to get you know, my degree first before I can call myself a scientist. However, when I was an artist, uh, I didn't feel it necessary to get my uh, degree in art. 
um, to be able to call myself that. But yeah, I think artist with a capital A is something that you choose for yourself. Um, but we're all artists and scientists when we're born. Yeah, I, I, I do enjoy that because I find it's a great discussion to get into, you know, how much we have control over what part of it is, you know, built into us in, 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 in our, uh, our identity. Um, I wanted to chat with, I wanted to give the listeners a sense, if you could just kind of walk us through, you know, how you explore. Now, I've seen your Instagram uh, page and, you know, I'm delighted, uh, I'll speak personally, uh, I'm delighted uh, by the images. I'm uh, deeply fascinated in uh, by, by, by oceans, by water, by this world, by the small, by the enormous that exists within it. And um uh, I look at your photos and I, I really enjoyed them all because they, they all seem so new to me, uh, a lot of them. Uh, so can you take us through, uh, you know, whether you, art, science, you know, taking photography, you as a photographer, how are you how are you going into this world and in, in engaging with it? Uh, and, and what do you find? You, you The way that you just ex- expressed that interest, Ken, is very much how I feel about it. It's the marine world for me, particularly, is extremely exciting and mysterious. You know, it's a, it's a place where we can't exist. You know, we can't live in, 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 in the underwater world because we don't have gills. Um, and, and there are so many creatures in that world that only exist in that world, like echinoderm, so sort of starfish and, and sea urchins and so on. Um, and like you say, the range of sizes, you know, from the from the tiniest single cell organism to the enormous blue whale and everything in between. Um, and for me, I engage with that world on the shoreline, um, intertidal, it's called. And uh, I go rock pooling, I walk on the beach, um, I come across animals that have been washed up, um, so the deceased, um, which are equally fascinating um, because I get a real opportunity to have a, have a, have a really good explore um, and I can notice things like textures and shape um, and, uh, and record that and get really intimate with those, uh, with those morphological features. Uh, and, uh, and down at the rock pools, I can see things living. I can see things working together. I can see the ecology, which is really exciting. Uh, and then there's the microscope. So I bring home some samples and, uh, and I can see this, this tiny world, you know, I mean, like diatoms, for example. I went to the rock pools yesterday and there's this sort of, sort of buff colored, muddy looking kind of stringy stuff. It's just not very attractive at all in the rock pools and then you take it home and you pop it under the microscope and bang there's these golden shapes crystal looking glass things I mean this is what diatoms are they they, they basically have have glass exoskeletons almost it's it's an algae but it has these 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 outer casings made of silica and they're they're so vibrant and beautiful Uh, but you just you wouldn't know that you wouldn't know that uh, looking at this this muddy gloop. Uh, it's it's incredible. All these layers of, of of interest from 
you know the seascape that you see with the with the with the greens and the browns and the reds of the different algaes um down to the the intricate shapes and colors and patterns of of the micro world i've no idea if i've just answered your question <laughs> i think i just went off on one <laughs> no 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 absolutely no it just um yeah, I was I was uh, totally vibing what, what you're saying and kind of kind of following, you know. And that's the piece with that. Um, it, just for me, and I, believe me, I'm not going to overexpress the knowledge I have about the oceans. I am from Rhode Island, which is the ocean state, but I'm not going to say that that gives me, you know, all the technical uh, pieces. Um, but I I think one of the one of the most curious pieces about um, about the ocean tends to be whether you look as you look closer like you do or you see that fish of how sh everybody always says alien mm. right like it doesn't belong like some of the deep water stuff it seems so we know it's there but it seems so foreign and i think there's in general this deep fascination of how did these like almost like space creatures end up in the in the, in the water and i've always thought that there was a strong draw at least for me and seeing others are like, what is that thing? What is that, you know, animal, if you could see it. And with your process, you have that, but you even drive down deeper to see, you know, under the microscope, what else is there. Um, so um, I enjoy following that, that, that path with you. I, I wanted to ask you, Elizabeth. Um, and uh, when we first started talking, you mentioned about science we're talking about art and science and your connection uh to that and you said you had considered yourself uh an artist and i know um from you tell me you've you know been involved in different uh art endeavors i wanted to ask you what is art in your opinion that is an incredibly good question and um from from my point of view, this is just my opinion. I guess it's a it's a creation of something where where something other than than function is the priority. Um, I think that's 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 something that I that I kind of resonate with. But also at the same time, I don't think it's my place to say what art is. Um, I do feel like that's the that's the privilege of the artist, you know. It, I was thinking about how I could stand on a hillside and I could move my body in a certain way, and I could say I am exercising, um, or I could move my body in the same way in the same place, and I could say I'm creating art. Um, and I and I know that it's been mentioned on your podcast before, but I think it's about intention, isn't it? It's about you know, why, why you're creating something? Um, is it purely for, for function or is there something deeper, uh, a, a form of expression, um, in the way that you, I mean, you know, do, do, does, does art have to be seen? I mean, that's another question that, that I ponder, right. you know, if art is, if I, if I create a painting and don't show anybody, is that, art yes i think it i think it is but yet i'm not giving a message to anybody i'm not expressing myself to anybody just expressing myself to myself it's a really fascinating well, me, question uh, that i could go round yeah. in circles with i think no no thank you so much for that elizabeth but one of the things that popped into my mind uh, maybe to like give it a more of a tactile like 
piece to it. Uh, it's an extremely theoretical question, but um, you know, you're a photographer and you're a skilled photographer and you have uh, that skill. And of course, photography, um, you know, photography has to deal with, you know, is it a sheer documentation or, you know, in the composition, is there something artistic? And I, th I, I wonder about that question for you, because the only thing that would be expected of you with a photograph, I would surmise in the science world is documentation. What is the thing reflected properly? But if there's any aesthetic component to it, I'd imagine your aims aren't strictly tied to documenting. They're tied to something else. But in that example, can you talk about your photography in that context of how you view your photography within the documentation versus art? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, photography and especially in the realm of, of science is, uh, is where, you know, the arts and the sciences do kind of come together. When I'm out exploring... Uh, or using the microscope, I will take different kinds of images. I will take images that are for function, for identification. Um, they won't be particularly pretty, but they will be, you know, a, of, of a particular part of, a, of an organism that I need to see to be able to say, ah, it's this species. Um, and then I will also take photographs that are more um, from an aesthetic point of view, um, perhaps emotive, wanting to um, excite people, um, for me expressing my excitement through an image, which if I presented uh, a strictly sort of scientific image, um, say I'm down at the rock pools and I take a photograph of a brittle star and I am uh, taking a picture for it to, to identify it, I don't feel as though I want to present that to, say, my followers on Instagram because... On, on Instagram, I want to share my excitement and my passion and my enthusiasm yeah. and my squeamish and oh my goodness, it's a brittle star. So, <laughs> yeah. So, and I think that inspires me to take a different kind of image. And it's the same with the with the microscope as well. You know, I I will compose things. I will put things in the frame in a different way to create something that is more not palatable but more exciting and more inviting. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. I was very interested in it, like on that point too, because I know that I, I, it was very useful for me to hear how you, how you would like to present in, into whom and into why and those purposes in, in the photographic image itself. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, what is the role of art? And you can speak from your art, but what what role that is has? And I want to say, for me, looking at your stuff, I'm like, this is me without any knowledge. You know, we're meeting each. I'm going to look at your stuff, and I'm going to say, through these images, what is spectacular in the oceans will inspire people to protect them because if these fascinating things are there, they should be there, right? Like for me, I'm think I'm thinking of that, and I know that's very, very questionable. Like, is if you expand it to everybody, but I'm speaking specifically about the role of art or your the work that you do. What do you think is the role of it for you? I think the work that I'm doing now um, is is to get people excited, and I think that as a, a byproduct, um, as a, as a byproduct of that excitement, will hopefully uh, come a sense of responsibility, uh, a, a sense of, um, of of wanting to to protect. Um, but I think for me, rather than uh, wanting to uh, talk to people directly about that, 
um, is to just share the excitement, to get people excited, um, to be almost like a gatekeeper, I suppose, to to take this unseen world and and say, hey, look, look at this. This exists. Isn't this amazing? And get people excited about that. Uh, and then perhaps go and do right. something with that. Um, but I don't, I don't think that's, uh, you know, what, what, what all art is about. I mean, art has so many roles. It, it, in the past, uh, art for me was about uh, catharsis, was about therapy, ex- expression, finding my identity. Um, so, you know, I think that the role of art in an artist's life can change and also the role of art in, a, in an observer's in an audience's uh, life can change as well, depending on where you at, you where you're at, you will view art in in different ways and get from it different things. Yeah, yeah, I, I really appreciate um, your your comments there. I wanted to mention one of the things as far as my exploration of the oceans that it was just a, just a general big you know realization. I'm from the East Coast, and the Atlantic Ocean is so very different from the Pacific Ocean. And then when I moved out, um, out to the West Coast, uh, the Pacific Ocean is so extremely powerful and to be deferred to, like in its strength. But one of the pieces that I was able to enjoy and start forever were the tide pools of that that would collect uh, along all the rocks and crags on the Pacific Ocean, which is a um, pretty much a unique experience you know i've been out here for 10 years in 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 doing that and seeing things i had never seen um by being at at this ocean and having access to it so i found it here my experience is like it's such a cold intimidating and powerful ocean that there's this deep respect for but it's also open at the edges on the tidal pool for you just like kind of to to go in it's 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 been quite a thing to get used to growing up on one ocean and going to another ocean that feels so different from me. So I just wanted to have the opportunity to share that, um, uh, that experience with you. Um, what or who made you who you are, Elizabeth? Oh, so, so many things. Um, I'm in my mid forties now, so I've, I've lived a bit of life. Um, and, uh, you know, the, all the usual, suspects are in there the the genetics the experiences the relationships my 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 parents my children my husband and all of that but i think i think the one thing that has propelled me uh through my life and, and to where i am now is my curiosity is my sense of curiosity and nurturing that within myself and thankfully having uh, a few people in my life that have also nurtured that uh within me you know, there's there was a science teacher at, at school who uh, he was a he was a, a cover teacher, temporary teacher. And and I remember in the 80s, he used to wear these these amazing, brightly colored jumpers with these huge sort of bat wings. And I would get frightened every time he used a Bunsen burner because I just thought that that sleeve is going to go <laughs> is going to go up in flames. But he was amazing because I could go up to him after class and I could say, Mr. Stop, why is it that when I when I look at the night sky, the, 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 the stars in the corner of my eye are brighter than the ones that I'm looking directly at? And he'd say, right, OK, let's sit down. Let's talk about this. Let's and we could explore things together. And that was that was amazing. Um, and my mom, too. I mean, she loves to learn. She's like me. You know, she will read and she will 
uh, research and 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 create presentations for her U3A and write articles and because she just loves to research and and that definitely is something that I've inherited. So this sense of curiosity, this needing to find out, this this being excited about about life and about the universe and about what's in it and how things work, I think is the main thing that makes me who I am, which basically is like a kid in a candy store, like pretty much all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of like, oh, I, I need to find out everything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm, the, I'm the person when I'm sitting around with my friends and they ask a question, I'm the one who gets my phone out and Googles it because I want to find out the answer. Um, I'm a bit of a Jonah from Superstore. I don't know if you know that character, but (laughs) (laughs) it's like, I have to, you know, I have to find out. You are. No, I really, I I really, I really connect with, with what you're saying there. And I think, um, you know, the, the curiosity, it's good to connect with you around that curiosity because, you know, I think questions prompt that, you know, just with, you know, what I'm trying with the show is, you know, the questions prompt the the kind of like that, that openness, the curiousness, the curiousness, why? Because we can't answer a question or know what a thing is doesn't mean we shouldn't at least try. In my opinion, um, we're going to fall short a lot of times or have some misconceptions. But I, don't, I think for you or I, the process of getting there is definitely worth, you know, wherever, wherever we end up. I've been asking, you know, obviously the show is like a lot of the theoretical big questions, um, but I don't want to get too far away, like asking you, like, what's the what's a couple of the coolest things you've ever found in the ocean? Like animals or like species, like what what like tell us like a couple like cool things that you discovered. You're like, I did not think that this thing could exist. Okay, so uh, I have I've I've lived back by the ocean probably for about about a year. So it's only been about a year of of immersion uh, in marine life. Um, but on the very on the very big, we had a um, a deceased sperm whale wash up on uh, on my local beach, which was incredible, emotional. That was an, an emotional experience. Um, I wasn't sad because, you know, nature is nature and things happen. And, uh, uh, but yet to, to kind of be able to go to this whale and to be able to, to place my hands on its skin, a sperm whale, you know, this thing lives in the deep yeah. Yeah. and to be able to touch yeah. it and look in its eye and to be able to, to, to stroke its fluke and, Oh my God. I just, as soon as I found out about it, it was like already dark. So me and the family were running down the beach for about 20 minutes, you know, with our torches trying to get there before the tide came in again, just to see this. And oh, it was, it was amazing. So that was incredible. But obviously I knew sperm whales existed, but I never thought that I would ever get to see one, let alone touch one. And then other things that I've been, I've been learning about, uh, just, oh, it's been such an education this last year. Um, Brittle stars are, are incredibly delicate and beautiful um, and, and tiny little things they're in the same family as, as, um, as sea stars. And, uh, and they're just so exquisite. Um, nudibranchs, I mean, sea slugs, these, these sort of sea, sea slugs, they're mollusks, they're related to snails and slugs. And they are so beautiful. I mean, the, the Pacific uh, Northwest where you are, there are some beautiful 
um, nudibranchs. Uh, I follow a few people who who live in in the same area as you can, and and the, the things they find are absolutely stunning. Um, and then down to things like barnacles that you think are oh, barnacles. No, they're a bit boring. You know, there, there's this there's this barnacle that that I'd known about, but I hadn't seen until just a few days ago. That looks like a tiny rose. It's this most beautiful, delicate wow. thing, and and it, it, you look at it, and but you'd only see it if you kind of got down on your knees and put your microvision on. My microvision is taking my glasses off because I'm really, really got bad eyesight. I use the same microvision, yeah. microvision technology. I exactly, take off my glasses, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and to and, and and to and to look at that, and it just it's absolutely incredible. And and what I love is that. I see families down at the rock pools, which is great. You know, I love the fact that they're interacting with nature. But very often, I think people will only see the things they're expecting to see. So they'll see some crabs. They'll see some some seaweed. They uh, they might see um, uh, periwinkles, but they can't help but see periwinkles because they are everywhere. Um, but yet, if you just take your time and you look really closely, you can come across the most amazing things and I think that's really an important thing to get across when you go out to to somewhere like a rock pool don't just glance over take your time look closely because you'll find sponges and sea squirts and starfish and eggs and worms and all of these things that you you wouldn't necessarily think were there yeah and thank you for saying that um uh, on my most recent episode, I had uh, Zoe Presley, and she talked about the, you know, intention with nature of uh, forest bathing and the, the the practice of being present around your surroundings and taking in what's there into you. And I think there's a pretty profound point in what you said about stopping and allowing other things to appear in front of you because you're right. I mean, I know I'll even do it. You know, I'll definitely see, oh, I crab. There's certain things going to fit into your fixed vision of what you expect. And I think part of what you're talking about is the openness towards the unexpected mm. and to actually see those other things. Um, you know, our, you know, our eyes aren't documenting cameras catching everything They're, <laughs> you know, they're, they're far more complicated than that. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I, I just I just love that. I love that suggestion. And uh, Elizabeth, um, uh, a question I ask uh, most of my guests is, um, you ever think about why it is you create? Yeah. Um, these days, uh, I think I create because I can't I can't hold what's inside. I can't hold it in. <laughs> I mean, I've tried kind of coming off social media. I say social media like I'm I'm some kind of guru. I'm literally like on Instagram. That's it. Yeah, I've tried coming off Instagram and and not posting anything, and it it just kills me. <laughs> I yeah. I'm I'm so excited about life uh, and what's around us that I I just have to share it. I have I I think I will explode if um. If I didn't, if I didn't share it, if I didn't shout from the rooftops about how awesome stuff is, um, so I think it's a bit of a, a, a release for me. Um, but also, I think it's a kind of without sounding um, too up myself, 
uh, which us British, of course, are not supposed to do. I, I think <laughs> that my enthusiasm and my excitability is a bit of a gift. You know, it's something that I can share with yeah. with people and it's infectious and you know and when i receive messages from people who say you know i love your posts you know i i look forward to them you've taught me something new this is really amazing it just makes me feel so good that you know i've passed on some of this excitement for 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 life and and specifically for mar- for for the marine world um and i i don't I don't create for the praise. Um, I think that would be that would be a foolhardy thing to do. Um, I probably did in my younger years. Actually, is 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 create for praise. But now it just it just spills out of me. You know, it just the excitement and and doing that through photography and through visual um, visual work, bringing together you know the the the, the years of uh, as a photographer and as an artist uh, and this fascination with with the marine life and bringing those two elements together I think I've just found the perfect fit for myself um, in my life right now and I feel very very privileged and very lucky to be able to have got to that point to go through the things that I've been through to get to that point yeah and I I really appreciate uh, your comments and and your sharing of the gift honestly because it's a struggle probably for you know each human but for each human who kind of just trying to figure out what do you share with others, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you what do you show, and and how you show it? Um, but I believe it can create those connections that are important not only to you as the artist, but for you know me, some guy up in the Pacific Northwest who sees these images and say, "Oh my goodness, look at this!" Right? Mm-hmm. And and by seeing that, there's no you, you have to see it in order for you to you know do something different than you were doing so um i think it's always worth making the mistake on showing towards that side rather than not yeah because you know there's just options there um the the big question why is there something rather than nothing is there actually nothing no yeah i mean even nothing is something i think uh even in nothingness, there is something in in the nothingness. <laughs> I know this sounds really confusing. It might make sense in my head. I, mean, I think there is something because by random chance, us humans exist and we are the universe made conscious. You know, we are part of the universe. The universe isn't something else. We are part of it. And we have these amazing brains that allow us to... Uh, observe and to interpret uh, and to explore and the fact that we can say that there is something that these brains exist that enable us to say there is something is why there is something if humans didn't exist would there still be something i don't know that's kind of a philosophical question (laughs) is there only something because we can call it something yeah yeah I think I think I'm properly stymied uh, at 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 this point. So I have to do. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. <laughs> I, I, I I I loved your answer. Um, I want you to share with the the listeners um, how to come in contact uh, with with you, what you share, the the oceans, um, the photography. Uh, tell 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 the listeners where they need to look. Yeah, I mean, come find me on Instagram. Um, I'm at Elizabeth. 
Beston, B-E-S-T-O-N. That's all one word, Elizabeth Beston. And I share about the uh, intertidal marine life of the North Norfolk coast. So Norfolk is in East Anglia in the UK, um, and we are uh, part of the North Sea. And I visit this rock pool in North Norfolk. It's actually the only rock pools in Norfolk um, because it's quite, uh, it's quite, I don't want to say barren because obviously there is a lot of life. We have this amazing chalk reef off the North Norfolk coast, which is full of, 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 of life. Um, but I share, yeah, about my life here uh, on the North Norfolk coast, uh, and mainly about the, the marine animals and the marine algae that I find. Uh, and also my microscopy, so the things that I see under the microscope, which are absolutely fascinating and and, and so exciting. Um, so please come and join me and get excited about marine yeah. life. Yeah, um, and thank you for sharing that. I know um, uh, if if listeners are interested, they'll find a lot just 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 beautiful things you might not have. Uh, you know, known to be there before. Um, I wanted to thank you, Elizabeth, for helping me have, you know, to, you know for meeting you and in, in, in really encountering um, your amazing work, but also for me to be able to connect with um, the oceans themselves, which are extremely important to me. And I actually, uh, you know, probably know what this means. Uh, ocean's about an hour west of me that when I need to uh, flee to the ocean and, and, and get what I and, and get what I need there because it's a, a magnificent world um, that, you know, I was shown appreciation for as a little kid and that excitement like yours, you know, never wanes. Mm. So um, I wanted to thank you for, you know, for sharing in that uh, with me. It's such a, the ocean is such a special place. It really, you know, it makes my head feel right. And uh, of course I want to acknowledge that I am, I feel very privileged to be able to have access to that um, because not everybody does. I mean, you know, there'll be people who, who never get to, to visit the ocean. Um, and I wish that wasn't so because it is such a place where it right sizes me. You know, I can look out on the ocean and I can see how small I am. And that for me, it might scare some people, but that for me just makes me feel really great <laughs> i love feeling small and insignificant it's it's well, an awesome feeling well and 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 on that you know there's there's so much to talk to about this and i don't know if i can anoint you as our oceans correspondent but if i can i will <laughs> <laughs> and uh i i know there's there's a whole bunch um you know uh i'd like to talk to you about uh, you know, some more. Um, but so hope to chat again in the future. But uh, for now, thank you, um, Elizabeth Beston. Uh, Elizabeth, it's it's uh, thank you for sharing with us and, and, and spending the time on the podcast. Thank you so much for asking me, Ken. It's been absolutely delightful. I really appreciate you inviting me. This is something rather than nothing. 